Hey everyone, welcome back to Commander Crunch. Before we get started today, just a quick dropping in to let you know that this beautiful, amazing, delicious, crunchy podcast is brought to you by both puremtgo.com, where you can find articles on all different formats of magic, and of course, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, because if you're in Australia, New Zealand, or Malaysia, go there for all of your auction needs. Now, on to the damn podcast. Welcome to Commander Crunch. We're here for episode seven. Uh, I'm Sam. And I'm Josh, of course. And we're joined by another special guest this week. Uh, we've got Megan, aka Sheepwaves. Is that music in the background? <laughs> that was nothing. You didn't hear anything. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you opened up the door to Virgil Exploded with sound. I was like, ah! <laughs> not now, phone. Not now. We're recording. Um, yeah, sorry. We, we're, we're joined by um, we're Megan, aka Sheepwave, uh, this week. Um, I was really excited to talk to Megan about uh, some creativity and self-expression and art in magic. Um, this came off the back of talking to um, Chase, aka Manicurves, and uh, I was like, where do you get your funky altars from? I need to know where this <laughs> is. And I went down the rabbit hole and I was like, wait a second. They did the uh, amazing Animal Crossing, um, you know, oh, Commander yeah, those, video. Those have been very popular. <laughs> that's so cool. I watched it again this morning. It was, it was amazing. So um, anyway, Megan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, hey, so I'm M- Megan. Um, I I do altars of cards. I also appear on other people's streams all the time playing Magic. It's wonderful not having your own Twitch channel and only appearing on other people's because <laughs> you don't have to do anything. You just show up and play Magic, and it's great. Um, I'm uh, an artist. I'm also a teacher. So, I don't know. I do a lot of things, I guess. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that, actually, because um, we're related to stuff. Not that that ever completely, uh, you know, defines anyone, but interested in, in what kind of line of work you do and also how that relates to art, if at all. So, I am uh, a teacher. I do a lot of coding, robotics. Um, obviously, in in the, in the weird times... Uh, that mm-hmm. has involved a lot of playing Minecraft with kids, which is like, Ooh. it's, which is, you know, I never expected that um, saying I know how to do Minecraft Redstone would be like a marketable skill. But I guess <laughs> that like year straight of my life I wasted is not wasted. I don't know. Um, but so you're, you're literally doing the, uh, the, the Minecraft coding, you know, the, the computing stuff, which is, mm-hmm. I mean... I, I've I've celebrated Minecraft for years about how that was that came at a time when you know games were just on this one linear curve of you know fidelity over everything else where we we're just playing like you know walking movie simulator kind of things and then Minecraft came along and a game with that much heart and actual you know the the most pure sandbox ever made and now it's getting taught in schools and mm-hmm. it's like is that you know and, and kids are actually after you know would prefer to play that. Uh, as this virtual Lego type thing, but even greater. Yeah, we've been uh, actually it using it so as a happy. vehicle to teach architecture. Um, I did. So I good. just finished a semester, a semester. I don't know what the hell to call it nowadays. Um, on yeah, well, on uh, yeah, um, yeah. Roman a, a architecture, <laughs> we built like aqueducts, and we were actually able to simulate the fact that aqueducts went primarily downhill with the fact that water uh, flowing water blocks in Minecraft only travel six blocks. So they actually had to build an aqueduct based on the principles that they worked on, which I just thought was so much fun. That is amazing. <laughs> I love it. And I, I can definitely, I mean, architecture wise anyway, it's like, that's, 
uh, I think Minecraft means different things to different people, um, but far out. Like when it comes down to it, it's looking at a space and going, how can you make this, you know, um, kind of <laughs> yeah, just architectural piece out of this, <laughs> like without surviving whatever. It's like that's the way I see that game and, and just absolutely get a buzz out of it for sure. I did have a question though. Um, have you mm-hmm. tried Minecraft Dungeons by chance? I haven't because I know myself and I know that any game that has a randomized loot table, I can't handle. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, Magic's one, like, enough. No, I don't know. I don't buy packs ever. Um, That's a whole thing, actually. Yeah, Um, well done. Yeah, well, I mean, it helps. I mean, okay, so I've had this thing where the last time I bought any product at all from Wizards... Um, was Theros pre-release. Um, I don't buy... Currently, I don't buy anything that is a card that is in a currently... Uh, that is a, a set that's currently being sold. Like I, like, I can go on secondary market and buy, like, older things because mm. Wizards isn't really directly profiting off those if they get sold, but I, I've been unhappy with Wizards as a company since Theros... And I've actually stuck to not buying the product, which I feel like a lot of people don't do. And I don't necessarily mm. look down on them for it, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah I think that's it. It's like to each their own, of course. And, and uh, we were saying before about um, uh, finance and magic and also the, uh, what is it, the Casual Magic podcast with Shivam mm-hmm. at the moment. And he did, just did a great episode. Uh, I think it was, was Ali of the Vale, I think it was, the guest. But they were talking about, you know the the kind of the the dark holes of of um of kind of pitfalls of magic and finance and then there's a lot of outcry from the community whereas i think looking at your own behaviors and how you treat this this kind of financial product is really where it needs to go Mm -hmm. like a lot of things look in in, like look to yourself and look at your behaviors and and think about those for a second and that's kind of it that it's a lot of people like oh this is money i have and it's like it's not money until you make it into money you know and uh, I think that's it. There's just so much product going out, but you know, again, to it is to you what uh, you know, what you think it is, and, and and you know, to everyone, horses for courses, basically. So, um, but I've definitely found comfort lately. Going well, I'm just gonna. I want this card. It's nice for the cube, and I'll get that. Mm-hmm. And and I feel significantly better than buying sealed packs. I oh guess. yeah, I've been going through and buying a whole bunch of cards for a cube that I'm gonna build someday, including Contract from Below, which I'm gonna have so much fun with. Ooh. It's it's Why the most I, powerful magic contract. card ever printed, but it's illegal in many countries. It's an anti-card. Oh, yes, of course. It's a one-sided wheel for one black mana, but you also have to anti a card, which is, you know, normally that's a problem, but if you're playing in a cube, you can play with anti. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, yeah, I love that card's a that, dollar. I love that design space. It's the most powerful thing ever pr- Maybe Black Lotus is more powerful, but I honestly don't think so. Um, and, so yeah, it's, it's a buck. <laughs> Because, like, yeah, Antsy's banned from everything. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. But, I mean, I think it's interesting. It brings up something I was, I was kind of drift into anyway with mm-hmm. when we talk about uh, alters, that kind of thing. But we are playing uh, – we're playing on cardboard. Like, oh, yeah. the monetary value for it is is kind of strange and abstract and we can get really, like, brought down by it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll – absolutely obsessed with the fact that this is a few hundred dollars and it's like it's yeah. they're all same the same bit of cardboard I, mean, I, but it's... I am looking at a pile of pieces of cardboard that have the words Gaia's Cradle printed on them that my coffee <laughs> cup is sitting on in fact yes. here let me go pick one up right now it's cardboard it's all cardboard 
it doesn't matter if like you know let's let's just jump right into it that's the main reason i got into <laughs> making proxies and hey now i have now i have bits of my art scattered across my table i've blessed it mm. um i love magic but i hate magic and i think there's a mm. lot of people in magic who don't quite understand how to most people the idea that a deck of cards can cost as much as $50 sounds insane to them and yep. like let's not even get into the fact that that's what individual cards people need like four copies of cost the idea that a deck of cards you play a game with would cost fifty dollars it just blows their minds and if you're not playing at a space that wizards is paying for and or in a space that wizards is paying for a prize fee especially considering that they now run their game like a free-to-play game. That's what the that's what Double mm. Masters is. It's them switching to a free-to-play model, more or less, or at least the the gluttonous part. They, they forgot mm, the free mm. part first. But, you know, if you're playing Commander, which is the... Commander and Cube are the formats that I play. I don't care. Like, my, my piece of cardboard with Gaia's Cradle printed on it, it has my art, first of all, so I like it more. But it's... In a game, it's the same as the real one. The same reason that a gold, exactly. a gold bordered, a gold bordered guy's cradle is still like a hundred dollars, right? That mm. if that was tournament, like, like, yeah. So that's yeah, that's what I, got me into proxying at first was financial restrictions. Nowadays, I'm more like this is just my hobby, and it's the way I get over artist's block. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, or, I mean, artist block in general. So, is there is there much artwork you do outside of Magic? Um, you know, and in, in, is there any? I was going to say work related to at all, but um, um, you know, do you ever teach any art at all? I actually don't. Interestingly, um, I mean, okay, I did a game design. I, some of sometimes I do like game design classes with what I do, um, but it oh, doesn't cool, cool. really come up. Um, I, I do like art commissions, but for the most part, they end up being Magic the Gathering related. I've yeah, I yeah. have done a couple things in the last six months that were not Magic, but it's not many. Um, one of them one of them was a nice picture of of me and my girlfriend, but then I also did a version of that that's <laughs> that's Solemn Simulacrum and my version of Sidri Galvanic Genius. Like it, it it's my playmat currently. Um, so <laughs> Another yeah, one, yeah, awesome. It's one of my favorite pieces, actually. Well, that, that kind of all slots in really nicely anyway because, I mean, we, we've kind of uh, drifted into some of these big things I want to talk about. But, like, <laughs> essentially, yeah, the, the way I see it and the way your approach is, um, you know, magic to me was always that, that kind of uh, – it was attractive as a piece of, you know, creative uh, – uh, what do you kind of call it? I, I guess it's – Self-expression. It because it, Yeah, it's, it's self-expression. It's collecting – I do get a bit of a buzz out of like I've always had that side of me oh um, yes definitely you know, uh, and I, I enjoy that but then you kind of you can get into those themes of like is it just collecting for this exclusivity sake because this company defines that that's you know mm-hmm. we'll get whatever I think as we just said it's you know that can mean different things but you know at the end of the day commander is the most attractive format to me because uh you know we sit down at a table and I've got creative choices I made deck building wise Mm -hmm. and they can be thematic that kind of thing and then the next step of that of course is and i haven't really capitalized on this much but is to you know artistically self-expression uh express and i think 
I I think the next step for me, I was going to make some tokens, that kind of thing, but <laughs> we'll get there one day. No stress, you know. Um, did someone just log out? Mm-mm. Oh, I just got the notification too. That's fine. You're all there. That's fine. We're still recording. That's fine. Um, but uh, where was I? Uh, but yeah, like it's 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 kind of nothing makes me happier to see people in, enjoying uh, you know magic on the same level in Commander uh, mm. with self expression, you know, and and it is that's where art comes into it too, of course, and you know that's a path you can go down that doesn't have to you know you don't have to spend much money on it, you know, you can support the artist you you, you like that kind of thing, I mean, and then that that's a conversation point from there. Yeah, I think like you know. Wizards likes to talk now about how Commander is the most popular format, and it's never really brought in the conversation that I think a big part of that is the fact that if you show up to a game with a pile of sleeved, like, desktop printer printouts, people mm. will say, all right, let's shuffle up, let's play, let's go. This yes, is, we're gonna- I've, nev- I've never met anyone that, that it has been like oh no that's not sanctioned I've met a couple. magic so i've i've met a, yeah okay. and, and like i get it like that's why i always add that caveat like if you're at a magic fest yep. just bring real magic oh, like just ask, just yeah. just like you know everyone has i think even as someone where i make a point to add as many crazy wacky proxies and altered cards to my decks i still have one mm. or two that have none one of them is a deck i'm saving for a rainy day for if someone really gets on my nerves about it <laughs> like yes, we like, have one of them they yeah. no they they'd have to be like the most massive dick about um oh i'm yeah, sorry yeah. if that sorry if uh, language was a thing no um, no 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 they, they'd have to be real, real jerk for me to bring out my my no proxy um, land destruction and counterspell tribal deck. No proxies <laughs> yeah. in it. None at all. It's totally real magic cards. Um, if they really want to do that, then th- then they can do yeah. that. I've never played it, though, and so I much. never want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that's that's the kind of thing. You've got the, the social, the, the kind of, like I said, it, it's in the your social contract when you need it. Yeah, and that's it. And if you you kind of get the mm-hmm. vibe off someone, it's like, well, you kind of you're playing on a different yeah. axis. That's and fine. Even but, as someone yeah. who does run tons of proxies, like almost all my decks have totally proxied out uh, original dual lands, and like I know that's one of the things that people are like scared of when they say like, oh, mm. but if I allow proxies, then what's the limit? Like you know, here's here's the so I have two things on this. We're Number still on one, that social contract. Aren't you we, have you know? to be considerate of other people when you do do yes. proxies. Um, when I, I don't I don't do it so much online because I'm known for this now. But like when I was playing in person at my college, I would say, listen, I have proxied true duels in here. I will play these as guild gates mm-hmm. if you would rather I did that. And sometimes people would yeah, say, totally. yeah, I'd rather you played those as guild gates. Um, and then it was just fine. Um, but the other thing is like there's some cards that you just should never proxy, in my opinion. Um, and those are the mm-hmm. ones like Stasis. Maybe Mana Crypt. <laughs> um, you you don't want you so, don't ever want to proxy a card that nobody likes. Side note too, you'd want the Stasis original art anyway. But yeah, <laughs> now okay. I have. But exactly, it's it's not it's it's not proxying for creativity's sake. It's proxying to have access to a card that you couldn't afford, mm-hmm. but actually I mean, isn't in the spirit. It's of a the little. Bo- it's a little both. Like my Mana Crypt, which I only run Mana Crypt in my mono white deck. Um, it has Twilight mm. Sparkle on it. It's real cute. I love that card. Um, but yeah, like the other thing, but the thing else I have to say about that, like, well, well, why, why should you be allowed to run a proxy of a card that like, like if you would ever get mad about somebody using a proxy of a card, 
but you would be okay. Like, you got to ask yourself, why would I be then be okay with someone using a, a real mana crypt? That's just yeah, taking exactly. a different thing from outside the game, which is a financial difference, or in most cases, few people who run ma- mana crypt in like Commander actually paid what they're worth now for them. They got them when they were like mm. ten bucks. They were playing longer. And, like, if you would be okay with someone doing that but not having a proxy, then you need to kind of re-examine why that is. Totally. And I, th- I think maybe it's even sometimes a, um, a defensive mechanism as if someone's kind of tarnishing the, the, the very reason they put all the money into mm-hmm. the game. As if, like, it's devaluing their kind of assets in a weird way. Like, it's... Yeah. I don't know. It's... Uh, this is a really weird analog here, but, like, it's the... There's actually a good documentary in, um, on Australian TV just recently, and they're examining drinking culture in Australia, which is a whole kettle of fish. Like it's 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 very crazy. And our relationship with drinking, socially, that kind of thing is kind of just a bit tenuous, anyway. But it's it's the a lot of people will has um, an Australian cultural thing like get really strange about someone in say a party setting or whatever. Not that we ever have those anymore. Like that's long gone. <laughs> but. Um, you know, the person who chooses not to drink, you know, and the pack mentality of that is, you know, they, they're like, oh, what's, does, does this person automatically think they're better than us or they're like they're on another level or, you know, they're having, they're laughing at what we're doing, which is drinking. And, and, and so people get defensive in that sense and that's what it reminds me so of that like what's there are people out there that would be like I've, a bit threatened or something. I don't know. I've actually had that happen for me as well in two specific scenarios. One of them is that uh, I don't. I, I'm a veg, pescatarian, whatever. I don't. I don't eat meat. Um, mm-hmm. And it's for dietary. It's for a, a dietary reason. I just can't digest it because f- I'm missing some enzyme. But um, the other way, like, but people think like if you're not partaking in something, then you're judging them for doing it. The other time, exactly, and it's, it's the so other strange, time I've but... had that exact reaction is when I say that I don't buy magic product anymore, at least not currently. I've had people get really mad at me. Exactly. They feel because judged. Because they feel like I'm I'm judging them. It, it kind of forces people to self-examine, and mm. nobody likes doing that. Goodness. No, no, exactly. And I think that's it. It's like uh, like we say, it's, you know, having a look at yourself is often very uncomfortable for some, for some people. But as I've learned, it's like we need to do it or else, you know, you, you can't ever progress kind of thing. And it's I know it's hard sometimes, a tough pill to swallow, but, like, mm-hmm. look at some of the crappy flaws you have. <laughs> like, you know, like there's some of the things you do. And, and that's the thing. Like, I still look at myself and go, the way I treat this this commercial product of magic is probably not perfect. Um, I do often these days I do a uh, kind of a, a fun cost analysis, I guess, benefit thing, you know, and, and this gets into, like, Chesh and I have been getting into uh, some basketball cards again and that kind of culture is a whole interesting thing with that because you don't actually really play with the cards and uh, Chesh weren't you saying Hayden was like well what do you do with them and yeah, we're like, pretty much. like- <laughs> my, my partner doesn't understand because they I, what I always say is that they have the builder mentality and I have the collector mentality so yeah, yeah. the builder mentality is when like if you're say into Lego you like building it but then afterwards you just look at it and go well I don't need it anymore I've built it or a puzzle or whatever Whereas yeah. I have the collector mentality, which is like, I like this thing. I like looking at it and I want to collect this certain subtype of this thing. So, like, it's it's that really weird, mm. like, and, and I think rolling back to the judgment thing, it's because 
if if we all remember what happened during the mid to late 90s, we had a whole bunch of people who were coming out as vegetarian uh, and as vegan. And early veganism was not a problem except for the people who pushed it as a problem. Uh, yes. Which yeah. was the media and a lot of the meat eaters. And I am a meat eater myself. I am an ex-vegetarian. Um, but... I distinctly remember that there was a lot of uproar because they were like, you can't tell me what I should and shouldn't eat. If it has <laughs> eat, if it has eyes, I'm going to eat it. Like, good for you, buddy. Like, no one gives a shit. Like, they really don't. I'm not judging you because you're eating something with eyes. I'm judging you because you're being a dickhead. Hmm. <laughs> and I think that that's that same mentality is like, you don't buy a magic product. That's entirely up to you. But I think people revert to that human instinct of like, well, oh, you don't do it. You think you're better than me? It's like, yeah. What is that? Yeah. No, what does that mean to me? And being insecure about it, like, which which is a very like self-absorbed way to look at it, of course. But it's it's naturally what I mean. We are we're simple animals, like you know, and that's what happens. We're extremely social we're, we're, creatures as well, and I think and that we're so flawed. You there's know? one of the problems there is the fact that buying the buying of magic cards when you're in the magic community is a social thing as well because mm-hmm. mm. you are buying that thing and you are showing people I bought this thing and you're putting it in your deck because you want to show that thing and that thing works really cool in your deck and hey, and look at this cool friends. thing I did. Yeah. Crack and packs, exactly. I but mean, my entire career is built on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've a few, maybe it was a week ago, I got, I, I, I personally think that Double Masters was maybe the most. Cash grabby set ever? Yes. Um, but specifically, I think that there is a very, 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 very unhealthy thing surrounding it. Um, because magic as a whole has an addiction problem. It's, yes. you know, like I know myself, even just like I have a bit of like a compulsion to go and like sort, resleeve, reoptimize, whatever, even just the cars I have sitting around. And. Mm-hmm. There are some people, like, I'm fortunate in that that has never manifested in an obsession with buying cards, ever. Yes. But, but you know, it, it very easily does, yeah. There's exactly. a lot of people, people who did, and I'm also just so... The United States economy is definitely going to take a bit of a downturn sometime in the next year. And there's mm. going to be someone who bought four boxes of Double Masters because they wanted to be part of the conversation and post their polls on hmm. on the internet or whatever who loses their job and doesn't have their emergency savings fund because they spent it on a master set that they didn't need and well, here's the other problem with that is that it's not unlike most master set this this is a print to demand set this is not a limited set this is an unlimited print run and that is the problem that people aren't seeing i mean there's so also you're like, absolutely uh, right <laughs> The, the the most people will never sell a magic card. I've I've sold yes, exactly, exactly I've sold exactly two. Um two copies of Sliver Legion that I opened in original Time Spiral draft when I was I don't remember how old I was, but I was a kid and I hated slivers because I started playing in <laughs> I started playing in Onslaught block and or whatever block the slivers were from and I hated them. But I looked at them and I was like, there's no way this isn't going to be like either i'll want this later or somebody else will want this later so i put them in a sleeve put them in a t- put them in top loaders taped them together threw in the bottom of a bin um where they remained until um until modern horizons previewed 
They were pack fresh, and boy, I, I made a decent bit off those. <laughs> one of them was foil <laughs> as well. I think. I think one of them was foil? I don't remember. But yeah, I made a decent bit. So those are the exactly two magic cards I've ever sold. And the thing is, like, people think about, like, value, like, oh, this $6 card that I have, like, this is value. Like, here's the first thing. It's like, if you've ever played with a magic card, that ma- just, just divide it by half. Then subtract $2 from it. That's what it'll yes. actually, that's what you'll actually get. And I'm just, the, there's, there's this culture that is par- partly self-perpetuating. Um, here's a good analogy. So if I was part of a, gr- of a group of people who I know, we all like, we all like going gambling or buying lottery tickets or whatever. And we all kind of mm. know that we sort of do it more than we should. It would be very irresponsible of me to go and post in the support group or whatever, look at what I just won gambling. <laughs> exactly. That's what Double Masters is encouraging people to do. And it's... Yes. Ugh, it's just... It's uh, yeah, cheerful. Cheerful times. I remember uh, Chase the other day was saying... Um, uh, she was saying on Twitter, it's like, oh, I'm seeing all these people post all their awesome stuff from Double Masters. I'm finding it hard to resist the urge to... Yeah, you know, that's, that's what it's there for. ...product or whatever. And, and Exactly. And, and, and I think someone else said it really, really importantly. No one's seeing the pictures of the, you know... Um, the, the kind of uh, pulling the, the a swift VIP. blade vindicator as yeah, oh my god yeah which like, I adore that card but not no what the hell too. are those packs cost like sixteen dollars yeah exactly that's a, that's a stand that card's currently in standard that green red hydra I'm pretty sure it oh is, is the, uh, it's is like the double strike one that's been savage a born a hydra yeah exactly it's and in it's, my Rada deck um it's cool but it's like yeah it's I mean you know oh it's, it's not it's not a, a premium kind of rare or anything so and like. It's weird because I absolutely adore the visual style that they've been going with. Like, like just mm. in the time that I've been doing Magic Alters, we're finally back to the reason I'm here rather than just complaining. But, um, <laughs> like, they've started doing the showcases. They started doing the borderless cards. They're experimenting with the frame. They really need to actually take the mana cost and put it back where it's supposed to be on those full art cards. It's It drives <laughs> me up the wall. As Hold I, on, I, where are they? Do they they're shift floating up, up. They literally on the um on the, the the box topper art. The mana cost is like a full millimeter higher than it's supposed to be. No, it's it's so bizarre. It's like I spend too much center. time looking at magic frames, so I'm very sensitive to it. But like, <laughs> yeah. I love that someone with my art style. So my background is a kind of more in cartooning than um, traditional fantasy illustration. So mm-hmm. when I got into this, I was like, I'm making cards that will never look like real magic cards. And I'm kind of in a weird place where I've started doing more and more crazy things like the the Animal Crossing cards because I feel like Wizards is kind of like expanding out. They're they're broadening their styles. The Ikoria the Ikoria like the... showcase cards are gorgeous. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that that set a precedent in a way like for the crossover that almost validated a lot of stuff that's been going on for a little while like a lot of people played with it like the whole and we talk about again in the weird social contract and what you as a player think is accepted and what other mm-hmm. people you might feel is accepted. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's all rule zero, right? You know, it, it, it should be oh, adore, completely just adore, whatever goes. But I adore rule zero as a way to enable things, but I do think it's bad at preventing things. Yes, that's true. And, and so, I mean, the fact that they put, you know, you can have a legendary creature and it can have an alternate name. Mm-hmm. It, it put it almost as the, the validated official you know, version of yeah, your your legendary creature still functions the same. By all means, make it 
call it something else. It's still got the original card name I and mean, it can have the two card names in a weird way. Like the strangest one of those I think was when there's something like the box topper. Um, was The the Godzilla. Ha- the, the Godzilla the one. Godzilla and doesn't and have a real a card. card. <laughs> yeah, it, it references a card that doesn't exist. It's just like made up fantasy name. I'm like, I, I need to see that card. And I almost want to like see an alter of just, that. Just get a misprint like the, that just has card name as the card. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, yeah. Or missing no, you know, like. Uh, oh, yeah. Someone your, on your, my Discord <laughs> made a missing no altar of cause. I, I love that. I feel like. So good. No, like lit- a Kozilek altar, but it's missing no. It's just and gorgeous. That, that, that fits flavor wise. Yeah. Exactly. Um, there's another person on my on my Discord, which is basically just a bunch of altarist people. Honestly, I love it. Um, did like an Undertale altar for all the all the Eldrazi oh, Titans. I was gonna bring that they up. They are so gorgeous. Oh my god! They are magical rain. Uh, magical R A E N on Twitter. I I adore their work. It's so pretty. Mm, mm. Um, but yeah, I'm as an artist. I've never loved the direction that Magic is taking more. The showcases, fr- starting in Eldraine, which is maybe my favorite set of all time. Um, oh, yeah. Starting in Eldraine, they, they they took the reins off. They were like, let's experiment. And then right after Eldraine came Secret Lairs, which mm. also, like, like, you know, obviously me as a person who's highly vocally critical of, um, Matt, of Wizards and prints what they would probably consider to be counterfeit magic cards, though they're not... Um, Mm. Uh, obviously I'm never going to make one but someone who who had my art style could and I think that that's really cool because I used to when I was younger I was thinking like I want to work for wizards but I don't have the right art style so I guess I I never can um and it's been like kind of homogenous for a long time, mm-hmm. whereas the the secret layer was a really good harbinger for that. Like the whole the serum vision, vision cycle, where I love let's those. let's just open the door to say that magic can be a little bit wild. Yeah. And it's know, it's a shame usually... that they did that they didn't go far enough to do an actual pixel art card. Yeah, that was almost there, wasn't it? It was like glitch art, and then like come on. Yeah, so one I, of the I mean, serum visions but, ones it looked like pixel art at first, but it actually wasn't. I was just having a look now. Oh my god, I cannot look at these borderless uh, cards anymore. You know, uh, once you see couple, the mana, I've cost. got a couple, a couple in the mail, but it's like the vertical centering on mm-hmm. the mana cost. Is like, oh, it's, it's so tilting. bad. It's so bad. They Why? they should just it's, hire the a- proxy guy to do these. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> he knows he knows the card frames better than anyone at Wizards does, probably. But it's like even it, if you grab the Force of Will text box. Uh, where the X height is with the sorry, I'm talking typography nerd stuff now. Mm-hmm. Where the X height is of the thing, and then you actually grab all those items, the the mana cost on the right, and you vertically center those. Yep, it's, it's gonna be below that. <laughs> like ah, anyway, I'm, that's a little tilting factor. But but yeah, it's it's been great artistically, and I yeah, and I think it's true. cool that Wizards has noticed that their game that's whose central appeal is customization of your deck. They've been like, what yes. if you also customize your art? Um, I think that's really cool, and I'm also really curious to see what else they do, because there's no way that Godzilla is a one-time thing. Like, they're <laughs> gonna do another crossover, <laughs> and I'm really excited to see that. And yeah. hopefully, um, by the time they do it, I'll also be willing to give them money again. Mm, yeah exactly and it's like that's where uh that goes into uh i wanted to ask you personally about what uh what pieces of media and that kind of thing influence you the most because i know of course a lot of your work uh i I mean it will be personally just you know inspired and you'll do it um but then there's a lot of people going oh can you make this uh you know that kind of thing and we've seen some awesome ones lately of course 
that, uh, I mean, there's Animal Crossing. We've talked about that and we'll I want to talk to you about the game a little bit. But even saw a Ristic study that was like this, this strange <laughs> cultural reference of lo-fi <laughs> hip-hop beats to chill. Uh, yeah. You know, that one's, that one's amazing. And then the Minecraft stuff I felt was really cool. You know, you got general pixel art stuff. And then like Vaporwave, that aesthetic came that through. That was, was really actually cool. where I started. Actually- and fun, fun, oh, I'm actually wearing the shirt right now, that which is not intentional. The way that I got started doing magic art was not cards. It was shirts. I oh, nice. saw something at an anime convention, I think, that just looked a little bit like a lightning bolt. And I had always loved the 10th edition lightning bolt, specifically, art. Mm. And inspiration just struck me. And if you've, I don't know if you've ever seen my lightning bolt art. Um, no, I need to. Uh-huh. Oh, well. That's, I have to find it. It, it used to be the, th- the one of my cars that I figured everyone had seen, but I've since surpassed it, which is nice. I'm finally not living in the shadow of the literal first thing I ever did in Magic. <laughs> um, Make it look like this, please. Oh, yeah, of course. The Vaporwave. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. But so I did that a year before I started altering. Um, I just put it on a shirt and I was like, this is a cool shirt. Yeah. And, uh, and that people still actually buy that, which kind of amazes it's Funny me. how iconic that is, too. Like, as in, like, or you've captured literally just the stem of the uh, the lightning bolt there mm-hmm. and the couple of mountains, but that is so recognizable as the lightning bolt we all love. Yeah. I put it... That's great. I, I actually hide it in a whole bunch of my art. Whenever I need, like, some background graphics and stuff, I'm just like, well, I'll just throw a lightning bolt in there. Um, uh, I... I've been looking to um, get some teas, so I'm um, I'm going to have to place an order for sure. Right. It's more like I'm running out of t-shirts. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's very more, comfy. I, I, have, I haven't worn like graphic t-shirts for a little while, and I, I never go crazy with them. I like the ones that are they're a subtle kind of depiction of whatever I'm getting into. Like, I mean, one of my favorite ones ever is the sun from um, Dark Souls. So it's like <laughs> Solaire's, you know, just central sun emblem, and that mm. on a white shirt. Oh, yeah. And this kind of gets to where I was going with with. You know, commander's creativity and showing something you love, be it a media piece or a game or whatever, but being quite subtle about it in a way. But it's in a game where it's, it can be tricky to connect with people sometimes. We're all, you know, mm-hmm. we're all probably got our social outcast kind of statuses <laughs> yeah. in, in, in some respect, whatever. that We're in the game for that. But bringing people together and you've got something like that. Um and go, oh, I'm really passionate about this. And someone recognizes that. And it's the best. Like, so the, the Dark Souls thing, it's like, some I of them, some of them had are like too three people subtle. go, uh, cool, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Only a few of them, the Dark Souls altars that I've ever done are actually recognizable as such. I did um, mm. uh, Ornstein and Smo as a fiendish duo. Embercleave <laughs> is is a lightning zwyander. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, the best. Godless Shrine is an Orlando. <laughs> Which yeah, I just thought nice. was so perfect because it already looks Orzov with that gothic look, but it's also like a play. Like, there's no gods here; they're all gone. Spoilers. All right. Um, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to stock up on a few things. I love these so much. Like, yeah, Dark Souls is light, and it's just yeah, probably my favorite piece of, of uh, media in that respect ever. Mm-hmm. And and you know that's so cool to show. But that off. it's it's funny because like uh, like I've also done like My Little Pony cards that people just adore. Yeah, like sure. my my Dockside Extortion. So I'm looking at it right now. It's Pinkie Pie. In a pirate's outfit, and she's yelling. The flavor text is "boarding party," and I love that there, that like the customization of art has kind of allows people to express so many different things about themselves. There's, a, I've also noticed there's a lot of Magic fans who like My Little Pony, 
Which is like, sure, yes. why not? And that was one of those things that got validated too. Yeah. You know, like they actually literally did a, a crossover, like the Hasbro ones. Yeah, that that is actually, I, I did an altar for Rarity. She's my Azorius commander. Mm. <laughs> um, but I actually based, I based the frame on the My Little Pony trading card game, which is, I don't understand in the slightest how to play it, but I do like the frame. It's very cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed actually that aspect of your work too like the the animal crossing stuff too and maybe mm. it's i don't know in the past i've been like i i have i hadn't investigated my relationship to you know official magic cards and then proxies that kind of thing and and i think you strike that balance so well that it's 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 considered design still it's not just dumping stuff on a on a card or whatever like it's still you know there's you see a craft in it and and you're thinking about frames that kind mm-hmm. of thing and and um and what actually makes like what is the anatomy of a magic card god this gets it back into i mean that classic rhystic studies video that vi- where, that video where he spends an hour talking what, about frames i'm like that's the best like <laughs> that video is the reason i do altering um yeah when i saw that video it made me look at those design elements and then it introduced me to the proxy guy whose work i i'm very i'm very fond of um, mm. but it, it did, it did also like make me really, the, the very first card I ever did the altar on altars, alt, bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did lightning bolt and damnation. Cause those were the two cards I had already done my own art for. Um, and that was when I was just starting to get into commander. Um, and I did, I did a couple cards that I now consider terrible design mistakes because they didn't have the rules text on them. Which is like, I don't like doing that because one of the things I love the most about Magic is introducing other people to the game. Yes. And yes. there is and a the downside. the original Cryptic Command is not cool. Oh my god, I hate that yeah. card so much. <laughs> it's it, it's like, it's so egregious. I love it. I, oh, so uh. this actually, there's a very funny story. So when I did my Cryptic Command, which is like a radial wheel, it technically mm. does not specify the order that they occur in. Because I, I balanced, I, I arranged the, the modes so that they would be visually balanced. And I had so many people saying, like, why don't you arrange them in this order and this order? And I was like, because you don't want the one at the top to be one line, the one on the on the left to be one line, the yeah, one exactly, on the exactly. bottom to be one line, and then the one on the right is five. You want that one to be at the bottom. It's But it's like <laughs> Wizards printed a textless cryptic command because they yeah, I, exactly. I'm just Oh God! They've already set the precedent for the the worst kind of way to do that, of course. And like, but, uh, yeah, no, I, do, I definitely know what you mean. And like, they, I mean, they do have to follow that order, but you know, I think in that sense. And I brought this one up actually. The command cycle I loved because they were reimagining, mm-hmm. you know, in that frame spirit, like you know, uh, the way Rhystic Studies would kind of investigate, like in the spirit of going, how do you, you know, how can you rearrange this from a graphic design yeah. sense? And it's just so interesting. Those ones are interesting in that I didn't use my drawing tablet at all. Those were entirely with the mouse, mm. um, which is also the case for Strionic Resonator, actually. Um, I had that one listed. That was my favorite I think I've seen. Oh, really? I, I love that to bits. Yeah, yeah. I, there's something, it I mean, it's emblematic. And it's so yeah. well. Like, oh my, I, I'm, I have one in my hands right now. It is, whew, it's pretty. Oh, yeah. Um, I had to ask too. Uh, I forgive me because I actually have no idea what your um, your printing process is, and and you know talk so, about that for a little bit. As far as I know, there's also the whole thing you can't really sell kind of licensed. It's um, there's there's you know. a whole deal with that. So you I the Wizards of the Coast has a ex- an excellent fan content policy. Their policy is basically, don't get us in trouble. Yes. Don't sell things that are our content and you're good. 
Um, yeah, and, and you can make kind of works that are, you know, a little bit derivative, but are, they're respectful and yeah. they're, they're promoting it in a way, which oh. I know, I, def- I definitely know other, um, you know, spheres of, of media or content. Yeah, I mean, like... Like, we'll, we'll cancel everything. They're like, no, 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 no. Here's, no, here's the thing. When stuff. I made those Animal Crossing cards, despite them being, like, magic cards that, like, you know, are are being used to imitate magic cards nintendo's the only entity i'm concerned might might tell me to take them down yes um so so my printing but there so so there is this thing about selling them i'm in a unique position because i actually do original art um a lot of Mm. people who do what i do don't use original art they use art from the game and they do more of like a frame remix of it um i can sell the art that i do all i want um, I actually have a whole bunch of them that are just like, they're just a print of the art and my signature on them, which some people buy because they know what that, what the card that, it, that, you know, the card that it was kind of inspired by, they know what that does by heart. And, you know, none of my cards use a magic card back. They all just have like my little set symbol logo, my name and like mm. my Twitter and stuff. Um, now. I will not talk about the exact way that I print cards because it is it is a company that is more than happy to print counterfeit cards. And by counterfeit, I mean uh, I mean cards that are designed to be f- taken for the real thing. Um mm. I like I kind do go to an yeah. effort to make sure that like all, all of mine they say proxy not for sale on them if they do have yep. um if they do have like content that wizards owns which is like characters rules text card names mana symbols and um you know if if i'm distinctly riffing on something like like i would Mm. i'm not gonna sell um i don't know what's a good example my sarah's sanctum is technically original art because they've never shown what sarah's sanctum looks like from another angle but like that's not that's not it's just (laughs) not an original piece whereas like my my solemn simulacrum piece or my or my fabricate. Um, those are just completely original characters I came up with that I then applied to magic cards. But like, uh, like art I did of like Jace or Vraska, obviously that's not, that's not something that can be sold. Cause that's, uh, that's fan art. Mm. Um, or at least prints again, it's weird, <laughs> but yeah, if, if people are, here's the thing. If, if people are looking for how to do it, it's not hard to figure out how you can make playing cards. You can just look it up on Reddit, and I may have carefully hidden the actual answer to that question in one yeah, of the true, last true. sentences I just said. But, you know, I don't approve of people trying to create, like, counterfeits. My definition of counterfeits yes. is something that has the original Magic card back. It doesn't, It do, like, the front is is just the original art asset, like... Um, the aim is deception. It, it yeah, really is. If, if your intent to is to come print off as something a, else. Yeah, if your intent is to print a card that will fool someone into thinking it is a real thing, that's just that's just making fake. That's just counterfeiting. Mm. And that that there's there's no creativity in that. No, and and that's the key. It's like this goes back to the original. Um, I didn't I didn't start this episode off with our normal intro, but like the whole mission statement is you know, celebrating the culture, community and creativity mm-hmm. of, of our favorite format. And, and we just want to make this the most positive place ever um, that we possibly can and inclusive and, you know, and just, I don't know, the, the life is too short to, you know, be kind of, yeah, deceptive and, and kind of mm-hmm. uh, advantageous of, of, you know, people, that kind of thing. It's like I just, uh, the whole thing grosses me out. It's just yeah. like it's really there, toxic. And, there you know. are plenty of Etsy shops that illegally sell 
stuff that's like, here's, you know, they basically do the same work I do. I mean, usually they use like stolen art because you're already breaking one law. Why stop there? Um, I've had my art uploaded on them plenty of times. Oh, I was going to say those, those, uh, those, um, what do you call it? I mean, Redbubble is the type of one with t-shirts I think of, but those, they're all like, Mm -hmm. they're all great platforms, but inevitably someone's going to grab a JPEG and just dump it somewhere else. And I've been to the process. I mean, I made a couple of t-shirts and stuff and it's like, it was okay. Uh, one was an NBA one and it's like, yeah, great. And then mine got taken down for being you know, using assets of a team that doesn't exist anywhere. Um, I kind of reworked them, but I was like, okay, that's fine. And then I see someone else selling the same thing and they didn't get taken down. I'm like, why? Yeah. But I made that as in uh, that was my art and then someone else is selling it. And it's just like, oh, this is gross. Like, this is so gross. And, you know, I have contacts that I talk to. When I come across those storefronts, I just report them to wizards because mm. m- what I do exists. Most companies would not allow what I do to happen. I don't think that they yeah. like what I do. I don't think that they're aware of what I do. Um, but, you know, within we exist in this particular corner of the creative community. We exist within their good graces. And yes. it's really dumb to just flagrantly disregard that. Mm. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's, I mean, we talk about, I don't know, there's this weird relationship with Wizards that they have actually, they've given us the game we love. You know, like, we can't ever miss that point. You know, it's yeah. We can we can uh, talk about their their financial, uh, you know, their selling practices, that kind of thing, whatever. But mm-hmm. I think too many people kind of always treat it as like they owe me something, and it's like maybe a little bit. But at the end of the day, like no. I don't know, it's 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 just weird back and forth. That, I mean, yes, that's we, that's you know, the we need to respect felt, the company. You know? Yeah, that's the reason that I felt the most comfortable just saying like, you know what, fuck it, I'm not buying. I'm so sorry mm. about swearing, if that's a thing. No, yeah. that's fine. Oh, no, no. Okay, Chesh, well. Fire it up. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> he does more than I do. Like, like once once they started with the double master thing, I was like, all right, they want to run it like a free-to-play game, then treat the entry to treat the entry to, to play as free, and if you yeah. want to get the official blinged-out cards or play in tournament events, then you get the real thing, but I don't know. I, I mean, realistically... Magic is going to divert in two directions. One of them is on arena, and one of them is commander. Yes, I I don't think that I don't think that paper events like that are actually competitive have a f- a long term future, which is like a whole no. thing. Um, and often often that existed to kind of drive the the casual kind of you know side stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. then that really started to take over. And um, I mean, we talked a little, a little bit, but in Australia we get nothing. Like we get in Melbourne one every two years. Um, and I mean, I'm in Australia, to... one every 1.5 years. Yeah, true, actually. And so, I mean... And that includes I've... poor New Zealand, who pretty much just don't get any anymore. Yeah, and it's really sad. And it's like that, uh, I think that's so important. I, of course, we love talking about the, the future of Magic. And I do actually see Commander as, you know, promising. And, and that's here to stay in, in paper form, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um but it's yeah, like, I mean, more events would be amazing. Okay, but it's, I I I can't hard. believe I forgot. Draft is also going to stay. That that's the thing. Oh, that, that has those to. those that's the holy trinity: arena, paper draft, and commander. And and I find that they all feed feed into each other too. Yeah. I mean, in my sense, anyway. Like draft is. Uh, I realize I remember talking to Chase about it. Like draft, I'd never realize how much it meant to me. Mm-hmm. As far as, and it's not even, yes, it's fun, play magic with your friends and, and you know, get cards, you know, pay $20 that, that Wednesday night. 
I realized how much of a social standpoint it was in my week and now it's gone and it's, you know, wow. Like that, that is, you know, paper magic can't be replaced as far as like you and your friends. Yeah. I mean, that said, spell table's doing pretty nice. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, the, the, the pro of this kind of, uh, the, you know, the bonus of, of these uh, times is like looking at what we've got and, and how to make it work. And as we, we talked to JR the other week, like this is, you know, what's made it happen. And this is now an, another whole axis of commander and, and magic to show off. And like Jason said it the, the week we had him on and, and it was like, this is my favorite kind of magic to play now. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, yeah, I'm the I same. I don't think I need to play much else other than that. I, I don't know that I'm ever going to necessarily like, I'm not going to be in a rush to go back to playing commander in other situations. I think that's a, yeah, that's the best point that it's like, we will, but it's like, I'm in no rush. And thankfully we've got something like that to keep us going. Yeah. Like, I mean, look, I don't, if I don't have to leave the house and travel a round <laughs> trip of two hours to play at a bloody store. Which yeah. one am I going to choose? Like, don't get me yep. wrong. I love being in person and playing Commander in person, especially considering I'm legally blind. Like, it makes oh, it so much easier. Yeah, same. But, I mean, if I'm not having to travel, because being legally blind is also a big burden when you have to travel because you can't see signs. If you're mm. traveling on a bus, you've got to use an app to make sure you're getting off at the right stop. So I'm constantly using, like, Google Maps and eating data. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, there's so many different things, but if I can just sit at home and play on spell table, like nine out of 10 times, that's what I'm going to choose. Unless it's like a friend who's locally like, Hey, come around for pizza and games, you know, other yeah. than that. As like, someone who has like, also got a visual disability, which is maybe surprising considering I'm an artist, spell table is wonderful because you can click the card and it exactly. tells you what it is, or you just like... They say what it is. You type it in the bar, and it appears right there. And I can zoom it in. I can make it all nice. Um, that was actually another big reason that I've started that I got into altering the way I did, is because the particular nature of the vision disability I have is I can easily see white text on a black background, but not black text on a white background because oh, white lights yeah. get blurred out for me. So. You know, if you ever look at my cards, you'll you'll notice say, that's, the text is yeah, all that, white, almost all. That's in the aesthetic for sure, and I, um, I love that as the trademark in a way. Like it's your it's your style. And I also love that the Theros Showcase cards did that. Um, mm. Then they went and completely undid it with the with the box topper. The white ones are completely unreadable, but like <laughs> it is definitely they basically nice. put night mode on their cards. Honestly, like that's what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It, but spell table has kind of enabled it. It makes it easier to be visually disabled because it's everyone is kind of being visually hindered. So nobody mm. gets weird about when you ask, like, can I see your card an inch from my it? face? Because yeah. <laughs> I can't see it if it's not that close. Me too. Um, uh, I have keratoconus, so. Oh, same. Yeah, uh, one of us. Twinsies. <laughs> twinsies and sadness. Yeah, um, I also have night blindness because of it as well, which is yeah, massively hindrance. Yeah, like traveling at night is just scary horrible. as shit. Dang. But yeah, spell table also. Um, I'm going to shout out myself for doing this. Um, they've enabled a lot of things that aren't always so easy in normal pickup commander play. In one particular example. Uh, they have a pronoun field now. You can just add that in, and it'll be displayed oh, next yeah. to your name, 
without the like humiliating, let me add that into my name, which is a weird mm. thing to have to do when nobody else is doing it. But mm. now it's just normalized. And I've, I've, I've joined, I, I have to use, oh my God, I've been recognized on Spelt on the PlayDH server. Anyway, so I've joined games and I like switch the things. Um, and somebody actually asked me who, as far as I know, was a cis man asked like, hey, uh, what are your pronouns? They asked. I didn't mm. prompt them. Um, and it's nice that we can kind of, that there is a platform that is now like being more considerate. It's making it easier to blow up cards, making it easier to say what your names or your pronouns are or anything like mm. that. Um, and it is interesting that like the main way that people are able to play commander now is a way where you have to talk. You have to say yes. everything you're doing. And I don't know. I think it's really cool. No, it's, I'm, I'm glad we got there though, as far as, you know, kind of, the state of the game uh, and now anyway, I want to talk about, um, I mean, your thoughts on the state of magic moving forward. Like as, as far as we are, where we are, improvement is key, like mm -hmm. you say, but overall <laughs> paper wise as well, like mainly, cause it's what we're really into. Like, I, I don't know. It's I think again, the formats that I play are draft and cube and commander. Um, I don't have arena installed right now because it, just the, the updates take an hour and a half when they're like <laughs> 35 megabytes and i i just i just can't be bothered um it's kind of not the same too it's like i got it out of my system as soon as it came to mac and it was fun but it was i don't know i don't need to play it every night anymore yeah. like maybe once a week and it's like it oh, got me back into jam magic. some games but um yeah i think that draft is just always fun because variants Cube is yes. cube is not wizards monitored and all, so does it's that's not really a thing. Like people, like that's not um, commander is is fun. I have concerns about what commander legends is about to do. Um, I I think there's a lot of question marks. I'm intrigued, but I yeah. What what do you think um, so, as far as like? Do you have any hunches about what? So what before angle before some unconfirmed rumors, I was thinking that they were going to have to reprint Fetchlands in there, which I thought was going to be real nice, but maybe mm. not. I figured that was going to be the place for it, but um, right. my my so I am super looking forward to it as like a thing existing, but I just I worry because to make to make a set draftable. Like, I've played Commander Cubes before, and they run only the most insane nonsense commanders. They're, like, Maelstrom Wanderer. Um, you know, Maelstrom Wanderer is, like, the first pick commander in any yes. Commander Cube. because And it, best in, embodies the spirit in a way. Yeah, and I worry that to make the set draftable, they have to make 10 to 15 more Maelstrom Wanderers that are going to forever push mm. Kamigawa jank out of viability, just if you want mm. to remotely keep up at even a casual level. Um, I don't... I know some people get, like, really, really hung up on, like, oh, the hybrid mana this, and the mono white that, and the... Mm. I don't know. I don't care that much. People people will play what's fun, and... Yes, exactly. And and I am very well known for just saying, oh, that rule doesn't work? Okay, I'll, I'll just break it. I'll run four Squadron Hawks. Why not? 
That, deck, that is maybe my favorite sp- squadron hawk. I that is maybe my favorite deck actually. I'm I did I'm doing custom lands for it. Like I'm replacing all the planes with like this planes that I drew that's got hawks on it. Um, that's super fun. Um, I might I might add Emil the Blessed into it, even though it's technically Selesnia, because again, mm. rule zero, I can ask well, people. I mean, yeah, that one anyway. It's like I I reckon that one's a little bit shady anyway. The fact that like uh, I find the the weirdest one, even if it's for an elegant sense, that like oh that doesn't belong in a deck because it has the color you know the different like pip in there. You've got things like extort, which have reminder text that have a hybrid manner in the reminder text. Like I find mm-hmm. that one really funny. So I, I I don't have super strong opinions on yeah fetch lands are also or you know? have no color identity, which yeah. So this like is actually one, this is a funny story. The I, reason I, I did, can get OCD about that. Like the reason I, I, I did fetchland alters is so that I could give them a colorless frame, so that if I wanted oh. to run them off color, it wouldn't drive me up the wall that they were had yeah, the wrong color yeah, yeah. frame. <laughs> I know what you mean about that. Yeah, exactly. That's and that's the reason. Like, I mean, it feels like if I chuck them in a deck where it's only going for one of the colors, technically. I mean, you're fetching for the the dual land, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the, the shock in my sense, I don't need dual lands, but um, it's it's the whole, I feel like I'm making a, you know, I'm trying to push a deck when I do that. You know what I mean? Like it's, I'm really, I'm trying to max the amount of fetch lands in there and I just don't feel like I need to for the so most part of what I'm doing. What's interesting is that all of the decks I run have not the maximum number of fetch lands, but they run, each of them runs double Aside from my one four-color deck, each of them want, runs, well, let's say just three colors. Um, the three on-color ones, and then also three off-color ones. Mm. And my reason for that is actually not pushing. Because no, no, exactly. my decks are piles of jank, and I love it. My, 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 my Esper deck is literally a Vorthos deck. My goal in that is to tell the story of this character that I drew on, on <laughs> Sidri, Galvanic Genius, abandoning her robot wife for a cooler new robot wife. That is the goal of that deck. Um, that is the greatest. I but it, it also runs six fetches, three shocks, three duels, and, like, perfect mana, because once you've played with perfect mana, you never want to go back. So much mm. mental energy gets wasted on tap lands. The only tap mm. lands I like are, are, the, are the temples, and that's just, like, I just like them. I don't know. That's just me, though. I think the sky's great and for sure. But yeah, I know you mean, and I, I think that's a very good way to put it. Like use these as an enabler to, you know, uh, express your vision. It's not to, to, to combo out or, and do, I mean, it can be, of course, like it, it depends what kind of yeah. table you're playing, of course, but you know, that's a really good way to put it. And you know what, actually it, there is a fetch land or two in my skeleton ship deck and it's like, well, you know, it needs all the help it can get kind of thing. It's not too <laughs> it's it's definitely not making it overpowered far out. But it's same reason that's probably the most likely place I'd put a demonic tutor. <laughs> like it's just like to find the thing that I need to make people smile. Like, you know, that's that's kind of it. So yeah, I love that. That's I, I want to see the Sidri deck in action. It's uh it's it's a fun one. I mean I've I I've it. played it I've played it on Chase's stream once, um and it was it was a weird game. Um, <laughs> like, I, my opening hand had both Fabricate and Solemn Simulacrum, which are the two which are the two cards that that deck wants to play. 
because they're the ones that have like the Sidri and the Solemn to me lacrim on them. So I was like, well, shit, I got to keep this. This is um, gorgeous. And, and it was, it was a fun time. And I think I won with, I like, don't really like winning with combo ever. No, I don't. The way that I usually end a game, if I'm the one ending it, is I have attacked with creatures over many turns, and then I cast an X spell that says the word damage on it somewhere, mm-hmm. or or lose life, you know, whatever, and and then that's how it ends. Um, I, I I guess I'm I favor very like what what people would call fair magic. Yeah. Um, oh man, I I think the attack uh, the attack step is you know underrated oh, as yeah. we sit in commander in the modern age kind of thing it's like come on like you know and some people are like oh i'm building my board and i'm like well you know i keep meaning fine. to do an, you didn't <laughs> i keep meaning to do an altar of dolmen gate because i run it in like five decks <laughs> it's so good it's so good and like most people are like but i don't attack much i'm like why not i remember at my college i used to play at sometimes i would just just scare people so much because i'd be like Oh, a Rex Sage? All right, yeah, I'll turn it sideways. Yeah, why not? Yeah, it's yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. What, what are you playing like, a Rex Sage for if not to use use it in combat? Exactly, and and that's kind of it. It's too, and then some people have this weird social thing about like, oh, you know, there's nothing else. There's no blockers here, and you attack with your Rex Sage for two, and someone's like, whoa, that's World War Three. Like <laughs> you've made an enemy. It's like oh, fair oh enough. My God. Like, it's like no, I'm kind of just you know, it was open for the taking, and I will, let's let's fight this. Out. I that's why I love that, Monarch as a mechanic. I, th- I think it's amazing. I'll do that, but only if it's in character for my commander. I do a, do a thing where, where for a bunch of my decks, I kind of play in character, like my I, I, mono I black deck. I, I do um, Niv Mizzet uh, is cultural victory, so it's like no, we're just doing dipl- uh, diplomacy mm. here and and you know, cancels like, judgment. Like in the Sidri deck specifically, like if you slight me in the slightest, I will be the most cold <laughs> bitch imaginable. Um, I, th- I think I had a game like a few nights, a few maybe it was a few weeks. Ago. Time is an illusion. Where someone like oh yeah, someone like blew up like a, a single land or something, and I just cast on their very next <laughs> on their next upkeep. Oh, I just cast silence. <laughs> just ju- I only put that in the deck so I could be a petty bitch. Meanwhile, in yeah, it, yeah. like if I'm playing my rarity deck, I am I am just the friendliest player. I'm like everyone draws cards. This is gonna be fun. Like. Or, or, or if I'm playing in mono black, I will go down to one life at some point. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. It's in character, and I mean that's that's kind of it. And it's, it, a little bit leads into what we were talking about last week, when we we're just like, where's these good good cards that kind of uh, you know just make the the game a bit more enjoyable? But then that, there's that other level of it that, which does actually come into sometimes when I'm building, but almost in the spirit of last week's topic, I put together the the deck just really quickly and just for a bit of fun. Uh, Tangarth first mate and um, I've wanted to build that deck for a while like the whole thing where people aren't really using the combat step as much you know that kind of thing but just open up those conversations and that will make me definitely work in it like play in a different way so Tangarth basically you share Tangarth around for each combat step so other people can borrow Tangarth and attack with that and you can just you know absolutely strap up with classifications and Colossus hammers and do other things like that and then I'm playing a bunch of effects that go each creature attacks this turn if able and and just like it's just going to be a wild party kind of thing and and just see what happens and you know um I mean they can attack me but I've got ways to negate that that's fine but yeah it's it's just good fun like get a conversation going and and you know I think that one especially I'll be putting on my kind of you know 
how does it be, feel to be everyone's best mate? You know, it, it, like in every turn. So I look forward to playing that one. It's going to be a weird one on um, stream, but it, you know, passing around a commander. So yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, as long as like people I say, have got I'll have Cheshire's creatures zone tokens that they can draw on. Well, yeah, infinity tokens. I think that's ah uh, uh, nudge nudge. Yeah, exactly. I, I think initially, like with spell table, that kind of thing, we're like, oh, how are you going to do like borrowing creatures or searching libraries? And, like, they're all dexterity based, like weird things that are, are much easier in person. But you figure it out. Like we really do. Um, like Cheshire's played some villainous wealth. It's fine. You know, it's you know, we can share things. So mostly, yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, Megan, we've got uh, that's been. We'll keep talking about magic, but um, I want to just move on into our next section. We kind of love to throw um, as as quick fire questions to all of our guests. They <laughs> often don't turn out to be quick fires, so I'm, I'll try and make them hastier than normal. But um, that's fine. You know, take as long as you want to answer them. It's usually me just waffling. Um, so let's get to know uh, Megan the person. First of all, the most important uh, you know person defining um, question I could possibly ever ask. What's your uh, what's your stance on pineapple on pizza? Uh so tomato is a sweet and savory fruit. Pineapple mm. is a sweet fruit. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't want to do that. I like I don't yeah. see anything inherently wrong with it, but I would never do it myself. <laughs> Fair enough. Chesh, that's probably the best answer we've that got. That is the best answer we've got. Yeah, exactly. And and um I don't know. To, I was trying to explain to um, Kate the other day what umami was, but I don't fully know. Chesh. What? Umami? Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't really describe it, but it's like, it's the savory kind of taste, it's, but that's that's your, your tomato taste, right? Uh, that's your tomato taste. It's it's savory sweet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's, you know, um, beans basically uh, cooked in salt is <laughs> mm. <laughs> pretty much the easiest way to say it. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's the like the the kind of the flagship of that. Delicious. Sure. Speaking of tastes, favorite cake? Um, I gotta say chocolate. Chocolate cake's really good. I'm 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 simple. I like chocolate cake. Solid mm-hmm. and black coffee. Mm. Oh no, not not black coffee though. I, I um <laughs> I I, I, I make. Didn't mean to do it. I I am I'm such a white girl. I put uh I put um it's 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 more than half milk. Yeah, that's fine. But it's shot, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chai is badass, by the way. Chai is really good. Um, all right, pet card. So, yeah. Gingerbread. can be. Gingerbread. Really? I literally built a Vraska Golgari Queen deck, which by itself requires rule zero to even be played, so that Gingerbread would be good. Because if you get an ultimate that says if you deal one point of damage to an opponent, they lose the game, Gingerbread is suddenly a <laughs> way that you fault. can instantly kill them. I love it. It's not your fault you got killed by Gingerbread. You know, you just didn't have anything for it. I, I also think, I mean, a few people said it, but that is one of the most elegant pieces of design. The fact It that is my favorite card in haste, Magic. Haste as a defending mechanic. Like, it's it's so strange. Like, I love it. Can't be uh, blocked by cre- it this is, turn except by creatures with haste and haste, has haste. That card is, if you want to get someone into playing Magic, I honestly think you should show them a ginger brute and explain how it has these, mm. a nursery rhyme in its rules text because for sure. the same is true for a lot of Eldraine cards. Um, yeah, that actually just got me thinking of all those, like how many elegant designs that were. There's you know. so many that 
that kind of get people engaged with because because for most people who've never played magic before the rules text is a wall of text that they don't they can't make heads or tails of but mm. if you show them a card and say this is a fairy tale here's let's go through how they can they can understand it and they can they can vibe with it <laughs> Yeah, and it's a feeling thing rather. I mean, everyone learns a different ways, but I think this is super evocative, and you're like, I oh, you can understand what's going on here for sure. Yeah, I, I didn't think about it that way, but like, it's it's an excellent set for. I mean, there's some, you know, some weighty mechanics. Some like in, in some parts, but for the most part, it's like this is this is such a good, uh, you know, mechanism to to express that and you know allow someone to get into it. One of my favorite things about Aldrain is that all of the all of the best cards that are the most evocative are actually commons and uncommons. The oh, yeah. rares are where the things that are for normal magic players are. But the commons <laughs> and uncommons, they were like like when I when part of my job is teaching, sometimes it involves teaching kids how to play magic. And the decks that I have for doing that are just they're just two they're just a couple Eldraine draft decks I threw I like held on to and then like mixed around a little bit, buffed them out to whatever number of cards. But yeah, like it's there it's such a good set for for making people understand what is good about magic and even just what's good about like game design in general and telling yeah, stories totally. with it. Yeah, the whole top down design and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Um, I was going to say, and also, like, it has to be uh, a ginger brute, um, showing someone ginger brute has to be accompanied with that, that trailer they made, uh, and then someone <laughs> promptly put Smash Mouth over the top of it. So oh, good. my God. <laughs> so good. Um, who would you like most like to have dinner with, dead or alive? Um, I don't know. Anyone at this point. I, I haven't, I <laughs> haven't seen answer. anyone that isn't my girlfriend or like an immediately fam- immediate family member. I'll take anybody, honestly. That is so true. That is so true. And I, I think, I mean, in a deeper sense, that's actually got us a point. Like I say, I've, I'm trying to look at everything that's going on in the world as we've been sent to our rooms to think about what we've done. And nature does benefit too in, in ways. And hopefully everyone comes out of this and, and goes rethink about, you know, a lot of things basically and, and just reappreciate so many things we took for granted. But that's kind of it. It's like... Bottom line, everyone is interesting and, you know, appreciate the people around you. And mm-hmm. I've found all of a sudden I'm not flagging calls like I used to. Like I used to feel bad. It might be like my mom or like someone like, I don't feel like talking to you right now. And it's like, no, I'll, to- I'll totally – because what's to say they don't need to talk, you know, yeah. uh, that they need someone to talk to right now. And, and it's changed the way I look at everything. So, oh, that is the best answer. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> we need people. So um, uh, best ever video game. Ooh, okay, okay. So this is a loaded one. <laughs> it's always an interesting question. Shovel Knight, um, but also oh, cool. Tony Hawk's no. Pro Skater Two, Fuck yeah. or Three. Oh my god! You know what? That's probably up there with the most amount of hours I've ever spent on a game. Yeah. Oh my god! I I found my old CD for it. I put it into a disc drive that I had to connect to my computer separately, and I beat it in like an hour, and it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like. Oh my god! It's that Th- game was levels, so great. Yeah. Lenny, there, and there has <laughs> never been anything like it. That's like so built around like finding a path through a space and like keeping your momentum up. Mm. Um, like if I was ever going to, I'm not, by the way, ever. But if I was to like make a video game, I would do something like that, where it's about exploring a space in that same way and like in the same kind of way that the original Tony Hawk games were in a very enclosed space. In a rhythm, but you have to navigate in a rhythmic way. Yes, but also it would be a rhythm game. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, because you've got your Guitar Hero overlay. It's like, doot, 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 doot. or or specifically that the whole stage like vibes to the beat, and if you time your tricks or whatever to the beat, you get multipliers. I've definitely oh clearly, so- I've clearly, I have oh. no intention of ever doing this. Right, I haven't given it any thought at all. Not even but talk to the people that can. Many you know, hours. like that's that's yeah. the beauty of it too. It's like you know, ideas like that can manifest in the weirdest way. But like, I I haven't thought about that in the way that Tony Hawk kind of works that way that. Initially, it was me. I was just taken back by the coolness of skating. And in about grade six, I got into skating because of that game. Um, and it became a huge part of my life, which fast forward to what I, I want to just touch on very briefly in the entertaining this this episode was Skater XL is the absolute pinnacle of that. The skating game I've always wanted. There's no challenges or anything like that, but it's just, you know, it's kind of realistic and it just captures what I got out of skating. But it's so interesting, like the the fact like rhythmic and, and flow type games like that, I think, uh, I don't know. They don't exist they're anymore. An, they're such an interesting space. And I was just thinking, this is this is random aside here. Have you ever played, um, it's a game called Sword and Sorcery. Um, it is kind of a pixel art um, looking game. I know it because the music's done by Jim Guthrie and I absolutely love I mean, Jim Guthrie. I, I definitely, music. I definitely may have. It, it's familiar. <laughs> I've played too many games. <laughs> Jim Guthrie as a musician had such a big part in that game and the soundtrack I go back and listen to all the time. But I, I distinctly remember there's an area in the game, you're in this like secluded grove kind of area and everything you interact with, be it a bush, uh, a, I don't even know what else you're going to interact with. Pretty much just all the like the shrubs and the trees and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You kind of you interact with them and they make a different note. Yet there's an underlying beat going on yeah. and, and guitar with what's meant to be, I'm pretty sure, Jim Guthrie in the game playing guitar at a campfire. Mm-hmm. And it's completely, you can avoid the whole thing and just move on. But it's like, it's, I started, I found myself interacting with all the shrubs mm-hmm. to try and make this beat happen. And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? This is amazing. Like, it's, it's so strange. And then um, I know I'm, I'm trying to think, it's, it's, it's triggered. There's a few games I can think of over the years that have done similar things, but. I mean, it's actually a common (laughs) thing now. Uh, Nintendo has been doing stuff like that for a long time. Um, Mm. All the sound effects are tuned. Um, But the new, the newer Doom games, I have not played the second of the newer ones. Um, Mm. That's a um, good point, actually. I remember people talking about that quite a bit. How that was those songs are completely adaptive. I love adaptive soundtracks in general. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, and and that's I think that's the pinnacle of art and code in a way. Like where you. You are kind of yeah, you're you're coding and and a musical art form, which is quite mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, I I do think that the best music in any video game is Undertale because of how it uses it. Mm. But yeah. I've I've um I've got to download that and play it because I'm a like my top five games, Earthbound would be there, and I also understand how much Undertale took from that, but then also that it's a refreshing RPG and. It, it breaks every it's convention. A, it's a real good game, and if you've managed to avoid any information about what happens in it, good. Yes, yes. I, I still haven't, in, in a really refreshing way, I have no idea, and then I think in a way that can absolutely surprise and delight me. That reminds me, actually, speaking of just interesting, wacky, weird games, have you ever uh, heard of or played Frog Fractions? I have, yes. That is a very weird one. <laughs> I mean, that's another one I don't... I only understand its kind of legacy, you know, like it's it's kind of reputation of what just, it does. Just open it. Don't don't know anything. Yeah, just exactly, open it. exactly. And but all I've seen is like, oh, this what seemingly simple math game turned into. Well, next thing you know, it's an it's a Final Fantasy just, style just, RPG. Just find like, out. Just find out. <laughs> rhythm game. Yeah, I can't wait. Exactly. So, <laughs> let me say, I I love uh, you know 
kind of the convergence of art and expression and code and you know games in that way that they don't have to be the top selling game or most you know uh commercially viable but it's like when it's just pure vision i love that so much so yeah awesome um music wise album or artist do you have anything you always go back to uh gee um albums i'd have to say there's like a few perfect albums um M- mgmt's little dark age which is like oh my god how good was that album it's it's the, the, it's so good um the I second saw, one I wasn't saw it live it too well but, oh, really? I, I saw that album like i saw them live and they were playing that album it's so good um because mm, the first one they did so well of course just blew out of the gate mm. second one a lot of people trashed and then yeah. the third was, was oh no that was the fourth wasn't it It was yeah the most recent one um that's okay, the one yeah, that yeah. i think is just a perfect album uh american idiot it's by green day is also oh, yeah. a perfect album minus like three words that have aged poorly and then <laughs> just whatever you know whatever it's gonna happen yeah totally um, um i know I, there's there's some others but i, I have uh oh uh random access memories by daft punk that's another one. Oh yeah that is a yeah i know what you mean absolute perfect album like niall rogers is in there giorgio Moroder's in there like that's <laughs> yeah i love giorgio Moroder so much that's awesome I'm, random I'm sure aside too I'm sure What's I can that? think of some others. Um, I mean, my girlfriend is a musician, so obviously I'm very, very, very biased there. She's she's fantastic. <laughs> I was going to say random link to um, so MGMT. I'm pretty sure in the first album time, I believe I clutch on any link to this particular artist. But uh, <laughs> in I think one of the music clips, apparently Joanna Newsom appears. Um, Joanna Newsom is just absolutely. Uh, do you know anything about her? No, I don't. So it's not, I find it hard to recommend to people because it took me years and years and years to appreciate Joanna Newsom, but one of my favorite artists of all time. She's an amazing harp player and just makes the, the most incredible stories and cryptic kind of references. And they're just like, almost like prog rock epics, but like with a softer symphonic sound. Um, huh. But she, uh, she's married to Andy Samberg. So I don't, I've never watched any of his stuff, um, like his <laughs> comedy stuff, like. Uh, what is it? The Brooklyn. You've managed to avoid. Oh my god! And, I threw oh, it on lo- the ground, and I'm on a boat. How no, have lo- you done sorry, that? Sorry, lo- I have. I have witnessed Lonely Islands. So all that okay. stuff. My, uh, that it's just like ah, oh, whatever. It's like you know, it's just really funny. But um, yeah, that's and a lot of people are like oh, apparently her uh, uh, his his wife's a really interesting folk singer or something. But you know, it's the type of thing I kind of love because a lot of people hate it in a weird mm-hmm. way. They're like, oh, it sounds like a little girl, and it's like. Uh, that's the most simplistic like deconstruction of it I've ever heard. Like you know. Oh, I remember the I remember the fourth one, which is In Between Dreams by Jack Johnson. I have a wi- I have a oh a- classic, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we can always go back to that album. What's that like two thousand two? I don't know. I've also noticed that the color yellow appears on 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 two of like bright Ooh. yellow with black is two of them. And the then, Jack Johnson ones that isn't it? Yeah, Jack Johnson and, and MGMT, and then. And then uh, Daft Punk and American Idiot are just black with like a little bit of something. So now like, you can clearly mm. see where all of my artistic inspirations yeah, come yeah. from. The 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 we've blown the door. The Conspiracy theories. Blown yeah, exactly. the lid. That's the the lid has been blown blown wide open all right. on this. I'm gonna find some <laughs> absolutely like just completely non related yellow album covers and see if they mean the same to you. <laughs> What's an Andy Samberg? What what is an Andy Samberg? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it might just be you the, the old man, but like, yeah, uh, well, that's the point. That 
I'm not as old as you, Chesh, but I feel as old. It's as like older sometimes. I feel like just having my rum and raisin chocolate and calling it a night at six six o'clock. But I don't know. Like I, I struggle to keep up with a lot of you know modern cultures how fast they go. But <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> What's an empty sandbag? Exactly. Uh, Chesh, you want to read the next one? Aren't you? Sure. Sure. <clears throat> um, so, what to you is the best magic-related art? Like official. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ask the artist. I, I was really interested no, in what happens with this. Here's 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 the problem. Here's the problem. My honest answer is plain is planes number four from M thirteen, illustrated by Noah Bradley. Oh yes, that's big, my yes. honest answer, and mm. I, I yep. hate that. It's a complicated answer. I get it. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's the one that's just yellows and it's a cloud. Um, yep, yellows again. It's okay. just. I, I guess I do like yellows, mm-hmm. but it's it's just a cloud, and it's so visually pretty. And it was also one of the cards that he. It was illustrated at the time that he was definitively, actively being the terrible person that he he briefly apologized for being. Like, mm. some of his later works, I don't know, maybe people change, but that one, he did while he was being that person. Yeah, and so that's painful tarnished. to know. Totally. It's, it sucks. Mm. Um, I was going to say, on a lighter note with your um, the, the affinity to the color yellow, I just rem- it just made me think of, you know, somewhat related, but a friend of mine has the complete adverse reaction to, uh, f- to the color yellow. And um, I know his partner and housemate at the time jumped on his Zelda Breath of the Wild account and <laughs> oh no and he dyed, dyed, all, his clothes yellow. dyed all the colors bright the most like retina burning oh yellow God. you could that's, find like highlighter yellow great. and he jumped on like he yeah you log back on and it's like and jump back a few years. It's like, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. that's funny yeah. i'd never i mean also my favorite pokemon are mimiku and amphros which are both yellow so I you don't just know. you just answered the, the question we had four ahead yeah, well, so Cheshire's I, put on Cheshire's put on this week favorite Pokemon. I'm like, yeah, like why have we been asking that? It's Hang so a second. Good. Yeah, What's um, yeah, Ampharos and Mimiku. Ampharos is just a cute sheep. Ampharos yes, is the I reason that I go by Sheepwave. Um, yeah, I swear, it's it's I swear it's not like a fursona. Um, <laughs> is that Ludicolo? That's a Ludicolo. Oh Ludicolo is my favorite side note. Ludicolo is pretty great, and then Mimiku is just so cute. I haven't paid much attention to Pokemon in the last few years, but yeah, I always go oh, back Sam. to it. I used I know, to be a I know player of it. I, I still am in the TCG. <laughs> you two have a lot in common. <laughs> I've, I've actually never picked up the TCG, like, actually playing it. Uh, but I used to play singles fairly competitively. I went from um, uh, doubles VGC. In, well, I went from the TCG originally when it first landed mm-hmm. here in Australia when Wizards were doing it uh, up until Pokemon Company took it back. And then I swatched, swapped over and was doing um, uh, doubles VGC up until a couple of years ago. And then I switch. Uh, generally, every year I seem to switch between VGC and TCG competitive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Mim- Mimiko was great. And um, for all the horrible... Fl- Wait, no, that was Gen... I don't remember what generation Mimiku was from. No, it was... Oh, was that Gen 6 or Gen 7? I can't remember. 
I don't know. I didn't, I have not played the most recent generation and I didn't like the one before that, Sword and Shield. Was, mm. Is Mimiko from the Sword and Shield generation? I can't remember. Uh, I feel bad because I, I should remember so. this. I can name literally every Pokemon on site up to Gen 6. Um, now tell me this, Pokemon fans. Would you, if I was to, I've you know, as anyone that's played it, one, one of the games originally, every year or so, you just get a little bit of a bug. You're like, oh, I could probably play another Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. Like I've got that appetite. Um, but I haven't done it since maybe Soul Silver. Um, that kind of thing. I remember actually we're on, there's, there's a fun one. We're on our honeymoon and I just had that uh, little Nintendo Switch when we're on the train. And uh, I was just like naming all the Pokemon I caught after the places we went to and, you know, always have that weird bookmark. Um, but I, I've like read some reviews and uh, kind of tried to keep a little bit on, on top of like what's what games are kind of available these days. But would you like jump straight into uh, the latest Switch version for something to play? Oh, I mean, yes and no. There's a lot for you to learn now. A lot has changed since Soul Silver. You, you know I can. You know I can learn. <laughs> I know, but there's a lot to learn. It depends on what you want to get out of it. Like, are you? Yeah. Are you going to just like casually going to be like catching Pokemon and trying to catch them all, and then just doing like basic dungeon raids, or well, are you going to be getting I into don't some actually the fact that basic dungeon raids are now a thing is sort of a big deal. I know. Well, that 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 is a, like news to me. I, I was like, what? There's raids in this? Like, yeah. This is this is strange. So in a whole new world. So I don't know. Very casual. Very casual. Like I my my experience was the the last few games I I did play back in the day were like yeah you just run through and you know make it to the what do you call it? Final eight or whatever, and yeah, you basically just beat the game. Like nothing crazy, that much further than that. I but would, just to enjoy it as an adventure game. I would hold off. Sword and Shield, uh, although a- as good as it is, isn't as good as it should be. In my honest opinion, okay. from like a play point of view, from like a casual play point of view, it wasn't. It just feels very small compared to the older games. It doesn't uh, feel yeah. as expansive. Yeah, that was so. The last one that I played was um, either Sword or Shield. I don't even remember which. And it was so clear how rushed it was mm-hmm. and how mm. it just wasn't finished. Uh, like, oh, and I looked it up. Yeah, Mimiku was from that game. Mimiku's was the only thing I liked from those <laughs> games. Everything else was just, like, uh, I don't know. I, I outgrew those Pokemon games is what it really comes down to. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I've always wondered. Like, would it be the same thing? I don't. I mean, a big difference now, too. Like, I my capacity to kind of sit through a whole game and you know make time for it and, and feel connected to it is lessening and like there's only a few games that ever do that maybe that's the symptom of playing dark souls and loving it but it's yeah dark souls I don't know, is like, hard to come back from yeah totally and, and it changes the way you look at every game but i mean i i look at maybe it is just sitting you know resting with my uh my, my lasting and you know memories of, of pokemon and then like we said before the funny one of you know always remember um what is it um you know the missing no uh, mythology <laughs> and and like that as a school kid i was like wow like there's something otherworldly in this game that almost does it like it took me out of the, the actual game but like it was whispered kind of legends of this missing no you know yeah. the the weird pokemon that is above the numbers like it's <laughs> like it's so bizarre yet it was just a glitch like <laughs> it's amazing full stop <laughs> pokemon chat done pokemon chat done <laughs> uh do you have uh, a favorite good. book so with Karatakonas, I don't actually read paper books anymore. That's that's exactly <laughs> what I said. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, 
it, it has to be stuff that I read when I was 16. Um, so I don't know. Chase had the same answer and she's almost apologetic for it. It's like, no, mm-hmm. like it's, it's, you know, I don't, what it yeah. is is what it is. I laugh because uh, you know I don't what? Okay, read books I'll, I'll give either. I'll give my favorite fiction that I've read, which is hmm. um, the Truth of Names. That was a good one. That that's part of what got me back into magic. Was reading that. That's the it's a one of Ale- the two stories Alesha appears in. It's the one that's about her. No, oh, okay. Oh, that's a good one. Added to the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite movie? It's oh, it's still on Wizard site for free. Better get better <laughs> read really? it now before they take it down and paywall it. Oh, download, download, download. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a fun one. It's like not like my favorite thing I've ever read, but it's the most memorable and uh, the least pretentious because I think I think the last thing I read was like a physics book. Sorry. <laughs> so I interrupted the next question. What, what was the next question? Uh, favorite movie. It's a it's a favorite movie. Pretty, That's uh, hard. Standard one. Um, favorite movie. I don't know. I don't know. This is the type of one. I mean, like games too. I almost have to top five them. You know, you just. Say, I do oh, here's love. A, here's something I really I, love. I do love Better Than Chocolate, um, which is not a PG movie in the slightest, but it's real nice. Um, hmm. Favorite movies. Favorite movies. Uh, I, I liked, I liked, um, I liked the last, not the last, Jedi. yeah, the last Jedi. It's that that Star Wars movie, the one that everyone mm-hmm. that that was divisive. Yes. I liked that. Um, Knives Did Out you know? was also very, very good. I've I heard should, that's like, amazing. Recently saw that. I don't know. I I've kind of dropped off of like actually watching movies lately. Me too. Last year. Oh, I mean, I haven't gone to the cinema like I. The last movie I saw in 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 theaters was the was the 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 ninth star wars movie which i was mm. i had fun watching it i, it I did think not, that's a bit yes it didn't stand fun. up to mental scrutiny but i had fun mm. i was gonna say um i've i mean solo is one that i always look back to that some people are like oh it's not that good whatever and it's like no i think that one captured the spirit of what yeah. star wars was for me as a kid and in a way that doesn't i don't think it dumbs it down too much like it's i think these kind of things i i love the idea of gray morality because that's kind of more realistic i guess you mm-hmm. know we are talking about a land of you know a world of jedis and such but you know <laughs> um uh what was the next one i think no you you got our last kind of main one but the last quiz ah, there we go finish on in just a few words what does magic mean to you oh that's a heavy hard. one <laughs> That's a, that is a heavy one. And it's one that I think a lot of people have had to kind of ask themselves recently. Hmm. Magic for me, I mean, I have the easy answer, which is that lately it's been my creative muse. It's the thing that gets me drawing every day when in hmm. quarantine, it's very easy to be depressed and just sit around doing nothing. Um, I maybe push myself a little too hard. I illustrated... Uh, 10 cards in the last five days so maybe a little bit much actually no it's more than 10 it's way more than 10 um because i did seven that were just the swords but magic is also a it is also a social medium it's also sort of my job it's a lot of things it's it's a it's it's my addiction Hmm. it's my fixation it's i think like you say it's just a good thing that for almost like you know oh it usually means the same thing for a long time with people, but to constantly check in and see if it means the same thing. Yeah, it's interesting to think about. 
Hmm, exactly. But uh, <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna say, sorry? I'm sorry. Uh, my earbud got pulled out there for a second, <laughs> and no, I did okay. not hear okay. what you said. Oh no, I was just saying if uh, you had anything else to add before we. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's it. I think I think I covered everything magic has. <laughs> awesome. So the entertaining is the uh, the final kind of piece of the episode we would go to. Um, Chesh has something, I think, to talk about this week. It's another Netflix thing. It is another Netflix yeah. thing. Surprise, surprise. Cool, man. Um, Project Power seems really cool. It's superhero genre. I'm about half the way through. Uh, basically, it's about... Well, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's basically about... Uh, People are peddling a drug that gives you superpowers for five minutes. So you could, you know, maybe get uh, super strength or invulnerability for five minutes, or you could just explode. This sounds like a Black Mirror episode. Yeah, it, it pretty much does feel very much like Black Mirror. Um, but I'm enjoying it. It's very good. Good, good. No, I'm going to definitely have to check it out. I can see Joseph Gordon-Levitt very, very much respect him mm. as a magic player. Yes. <laughs> um, and Jamie Foxx is in it as well. So, Oh, Machine Gun Kelly. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That's Machine Gun Kelly did a, uh, a video recently with Nat's What I Reckon, which is um, uh, an Australian um, kind of YouTube content creator that makes cooking video videos laced with heavy profanities and just <laughs> kind of all round. But it's just great. It's like actually like learning how to cook stuff and he's like on a waging war against packet sauce stuff like that he's like come on champions you actually know how to uh you know cook you know don't be don't be lazy he's funny as and he's like he's covered in tattoos he's a he's massive like metal lord but like just a nice dude like you know you can tell he's like really really cool person so um but yeah he did a uh, a great video with machine gun kelly recently and showed him how to poach some eggs it's hilarious <laughs> so <laughs> uh the one i had this week um uh, and it's kind of like touching on a couple of themes i always say that sorry um <laughs> it sounds so pretentious but it, it's touching on a couple of things that were kind of brought up here and there but like you know checking in with yourself is is huge and it's you know there's never been a better time to do so um and i found myself this week absolutely I don't know, you get swept up in it all. Like, you'd never know how you're going to wake up, really. Um, it's all a complex puzzle as organic beings we are. But I forgot what it was like to just sit down and watch something without having a laptop there, without drafting as well, without typing something, designing something, you know, listening to something, whatever. Um, I crashed really hard on about Thursday, I think. And, um, you know, work factors there, whatever, you know, that was happening. I think my tolerance was an all-time low. And... What I did, I never do this. I, again, like in this day and age, I find it hard to just watch something. And I chucked on my favorite movie of all time, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. And Chesh, I know, I think you've talked about some Studio Ghibli movies. Mm -hmm. like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, they are different things for everyone. And that's fine. Completely fine. As is every art piece, whatever. Um, but this one in particular was so, so powerful as far as, man, I've watched it like 30 times. But this particular watching was something I really needed and it was just sitting in the beanbag and I completely became one with the beanbag and completely <laughs> let, let Nausicaa, uh, you know, really, I don't know, just, just put me into that world and, and think about my world at the same time. So um, I don't know if either of you have seen the movie. Nope. Mm, no. Oh, you're in for a treat. <laughs> so it's 1984, I'm pretty sure it was made, um, early Studio Ghibli as in Hayao Miyazaki, um, and it's just the most compelling world ever. It's basically a, a far kind of post-apocalyptic kind of, but, you know, uh, post-industrial 
world world i guess um and then there's kind of a lot of people that really have found one to like found a way to live with nature and then but there's still a couple of industrious kingdoms going on but more than anything the dominant thing in the world is basically a spore forest and you know the aftermath of um kind of humans uh toxifying the world i guess uh and then the you know the the bugs that kind of come out of there which i mean not bugs they're massive gigantic insects and just i mean the 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 art piece of the visual uh sorry the 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 kind of the the verdant um spore forest which is like intensely poisonous and you know the way humans look at that is harmful but at the same time the whole message is like how can we look at this with symbiosis and, and empathy and understand it rather than trying to destroy it that kind of thing and and it's just like this massive thing it's like like most problems, bashing against them and trying to like patch the problem, whereas like look underneath and you actually find something a lot, you know, more a meaningful kind of thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which li- like literally happens in the movie without giving too much away. But the the soundtrack's amazing. It's got a little bit of like eighties synth in there. Um, but you know, uh, Joe Hisayashi score as well. Like so, piano. Um, Side note too, that was the last live gig I saw. I saw Joe Hisayashi uh, for the second time in Melbourne and I miss live music as well. Like <laughs> seeing him pl- like conduct an orchestra was amazing. But yeah, I, I implore you, first of all, everyone, please take some time out and think about think about yourselves but not in, like, not in that way, you know what I mean? Like just think about how you're feeling at the moment and, you know, try and, try and switch a couple of things off and, you know, l- get taken to another world for a half second. So, yeah. yeah. I've I've actually had a great time in the last two days. Just to, just to piggyback on, I've been actually watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend with my girlfriend on Netflix, which is a show that Ooh. I was originally turned off by just from the name. I thought it would be like yeah. some some real sexism hours stuff, but it actually isn't. It's fantastic. And I, I know like right now there's some drama over some playmat or something on Twitter, and I've just kind of seen it and I'm just like, I don't. I don't need to interact with that. I've taken a taking a whole couple days off from getting into it has been yeah. good for me. Yep, yep, yep. And that's kind of it. I mean, it's again we talked to had a really good chat to Chase about that, like the the setting your boundaries and you know, I'm relatively new to the whole Twitter sphere and, you know, the community which has been mostly positive and awesome to be a part of and talk to the people that I never thought I kind of could in a weird way. But at the same time that it's the addictive personality thing, I guess, too. Like you mm-hmm. go, you know, as soon as you find yourself just like without thinking, kind of just musing over to seeing what's going on Twitter and next thing you know, you're down the rabbit hole. Like switching that off is so important. So, yeah. you know, just moderation. <laughs> it is, It is, however, definitely wonderful that like people that I used to look up to, like, you know, the, at, the, at the start of quarantine, I, I drove over to my girlfriend's house to give her something. Um And I listened to a podcast on the way and it was a very memorable thing for me just for a variety of reasons. But it was it was like the first time I felt like happy in like a month, which is, Mm. you know, it was it was a sad time. And then I ended up in a game of magic with both of those people and learning, (laughs) learning the the distinction. Like it's it's one of the craziest things is getting Mm. used to hearing the voices of the people that used to be a parasocial relationship. Chase is one of those two people, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's so weird to think of, like, what used to be a completely parasocial, like, these are people I'm fans of, their content, and now they're my friends. Mm. But 
there is still you still kind of have to have some degree of separation because all of us are are kind of slaves to the algorithm and people can turn on you is not the right word but people cannot realize what they're doing and Mm. have their behavior be manipulated by an algorithm whose only goal is to keep you engaging with twitter as long as it possibly can and it will show you as much horrible terrible things as it can this is one of the reasons that you should never ever ever argue on twitter because Mm. if you do it will create an association with that thing you are arguing about and show you more of it oh yeah yeah um it is possible to go into your what it thinks are your interests and edit them which is something i actually do every month or so Mm. um especially because it's always hilarious what it thinks i'm into um nice nice try computer but like come on like just but some of them are like spot on like i see oh here's this thing that was tearing the entire trans community apart a few months ago that's on here three separate times under three separate names because i got into a bunch of stupid arguments on twitter about it and it was like you got so engaged during this period that you Mm. we definitely want to show you more of that and i think a lot of people don't fully appreciate that the Twitter algorithm will hurt you if it thinks that's the best way to keep you coming back. Yes, exactly. Like, try and understand how it works. And, I mean, uh, I remember Jason said that too. It was like, take some time to curate, you know, like you say, try and audit that list every now and then, but know that it exists, essentially. But, yeah, the, the, the primary agenda, of course, for these systems is for you to keep using them. And, you know, you need to understand when you can break the cycle and just go, well, I don't need to. Mm-hmm. You know, you can feel like that pace is just insane. You're like, I've got to keep up with this all. And it's like, no, like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, jump in at your own pace. I feel so grateful that the kind of magic content I make doesn't require that I know anything about Double Masters. I honestly still don't mm. even entirely, until like a few weeks ago, I thought that they were all $100 packs because I just wasn't paying attention. I was like, okay, that that's some stuff I don't care about. Yeah, and totally. there's a lot of people, who their their whole income is structured around, they need to have a take. They need to have a take. They need to have a statement. They need to say something. They need to farm the engagement as, as the term that yep, is exactly. maybe questionably used. Like, and I'm so grateful that that's not me. If <laughs> even that that state that uh, that that like verbiage just grosses me out a little bit. It's like, oh no, like that's that's what it's all about. And it's like that's that, what it is, it, though. If if someone's deep in that kind of you know that's the kind of stuff they're making, that like that mm-hmm. would just tear me apart even more than it does now. Like it's like far out. Like it just yeah. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad, glad we don't make we don't make that, that the stance. The worst of my own thing is that I sometimes make way too much art that people like. <laughs> I'm so glad exactly. that, that my vice is that I make art, maybe, mm. or maybe like, like okay, I'll, I'll be totally honest about something. So, I d- I've done two Minecraft altars. The first one, Mana Confluence, I'm very yeah, happy with. The second one, I had just do- I had just like done my big commission post, and I was like, I need something that people are going to engage with. (laughs) So it's like, so I did this rite of replication altar a few weeks ago and I wasn't really that happy with it. And I was like, "Eh, but you know, why not? Right. (laughs) Oh, I'm terrible. But yeah, like, and people have to do that sort of thing. And I'm, I feel so grateful that I get to play at my own pace as a creator. Yes, exactly. I was going to say, no, yeah, as long as you're not, you know, next thing you know, you're, you're creating two pieces of art and AB split testing them and, you know, getting <laughs> oh, the one God with the, I, I think, I mean, without getting too crazy into it, what always gets me is like, 
you know, the years of how we've evolved to understand what works for like YouTube thumbnails and it's nuts. Like, I it's, mean, that that's actually something I do with alters. Um, I always post two images because what I used to do is I would post one and then the cropper would just show a bar. So now yeah. I post the full art card and then just the art because it makes them both appear. Oh, yeah, And I exactly. like change the, like, it's... It's totally like forced and whatever, but it's like but everyone kind system, of adjusts so. to to work within the algorithm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, good times, um, Megan. I think we're going to end there uh, and and <laughs> yeah. make sure we're not too late on your time or anything. But it's only um, ten for me. I'm probably going to watch more Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Well, maybe not. We'll see. That's what about. I mean, we're. I always find it funny that we're on a probably on a different wavelength because we're just come off coffees and everything. Kind of <laughs> I know there's just like you know worlds apart frames of mind of those two times but yeah. it's been awesome like it's been so much fun and, and i can't wait to have you back as a guest again and um i think i love where our conversations go to and you know i hope people listening are fine with the tangents we go on but so many tangents i don't really i, I like well they're fun. it's the way i like talking it's that, the conversation that's how conversations thing. work exactly. look I'm, totally. I'm from new york we can't talk in a straight line if we even want to. <laughs> exactly like keep up guys keep up we'll give you a map so um but yeah it's it, it's been amazing and i did totally on the same wavelength as far as what we want to talk about and mm-hmm. you know it's the same thing like you said before it's like we're you know, I'm not claiming to be the best magic player or anything like that or, you know, know what I'm completely talking about. But, you know, oh God. as long as it's, we're expressing culture and creativity, like that's I'm happy. It's so refreshing that everything I do means it's OK that I'm like bad at magic sometimes. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I, God, I could not be the person who's like, if my win rate goes below this thing. Then... Yeah. It, people stop watching or something. Exactly. <laughs> and I think we've seen some good creators to go, well, this is a really good way to look at, you know, magic for yourself. It's like. Mm-hmm. What are we playing it for, essentially? So I always look back to Shivam. He's someone said the other day. I'm pretty sure he's you know like I think you're a better magic player than you you know give yourself credit for. But like it's it's brewing jank. It's enjoying the actual social side to it. And well, the I just mean like I'm glad I'm I'm just glad that it doesn't have to, that actually playing magic has never worked for me, and mm. it's something that I do when it's fun. Um, that gets to be like a social experience for me. Um, and yeah, I, I'm very happy with where I am as a creator, even if, you know, the whole world is terrible. It's things are going okay for me, I guess. Yeah. One day at a time, I guess. So yeah, yeah. I, um, as I said, I'm going to track down, uh, some of your, uh, product cause I want a new t-shirt and I want to get, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll send Australian, um, dollars your way. Dollary dues. <laughs> Dollary dues. We've got dollary dues. Dollary dues. I, always <laughs> that. I can, I can send you a link. Um, uh, I don't actually well, advertise it anywhere because I'm bad at making money. That's what I was going to ask. Where can <laughs> the people find you if they want to um, so, endorse um, your product? They can find me as as Sheepy Cutie on Twitter. Um, I'm just now launching this thing where I'm selling um, little art prints that can be used as proxies but are not proxies. They are ah. art prints. They contain nothing I don't own. Um, so, like I said, in in my on my own thing, I'm printing out like... 36 landscapes that I'm going to replace all the planes with because they've got a squadron hawk on. Well, they don't have a squadron <laughs> hawk, but you know what I mean? They've got hawks on yeah, yeah. Um, I've had somebody commission like dinosaur lands for theirs and like, or, or somebody who did, who has like an all equipment deck that's like, it's just lands that all have swords on them, which is really fun. <laughs> um, but for like, you know, that's, that's the money hustle side for, for, for my actual, like the reason I'm here is my proxy stuff, which I just post 
I just post stuff on Twitter. I, I literally make like an average of three cards a day right now because I'm a little bit on vacation from work as a teacher. Um, things will slow down. Um, I'm probably don't even need to say what I've done because by the time this goes up, I will have already have forgotten. Um, <laughs> Because I mean, like it's just yeah. Have a scroll like that's what, yeah. One of, yeah go go to my some... Twitter and click media, and you'll you'll just find some stuff. Yeah. Um, I have a Discord that is if you actually want to see all of my work, that is the best place for it. Or Patreon, but I'm I'm an advanced creator in that I don't do Patreon early access. I do Patreon late access because I forget to upload to Patreon <laughs> and I don't paywall anything, or I don't even do time paywalls. So it's like if you're on Patreon, you see stuff like a week later. I'm I'm an I'm an innovator in that regard, um, but yeah, and I do random giveaways when I feel like it. I've I've been having fun not doing anything formal, just like yeah. asking people like, hey, do you want something? Sure, or just like going through through my. I don't store anyone's addresses, so this is a hassle. But just like going through the people who's who have ever gotten their addresses and just like randomly sending them cards. It's been <laughs> fun. Like I just randomly I sent um sent Shivam a bunch of cards the other day and. I don't know if they've reached him yet because the post office is horrible, but that's a whole oh, other yeah. deal. That is going to take some time for sure. Oh, I've heard, I've heard uh, whispers of that. But, yeah, I mean, basically I can endorse that. Like jump on um, to Megan's uh, Twitter feed and just be part of the conversation. It's a, it's a good place. It really is. <laughs> so, um, Chesh, where can we find you? Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Chesh Lives. If you want to find me on Twitch, I'm... Cheshire Plays Games, and if you want to find me on YouTube, I'm Cheshire Plays Games, and I've got side basketball stuff, just search out Cheshire mm-hmm. Breaks everywhere else. Nice. And you can find us at, where do we got? Our website is cmdrcrunch.fireside.com. Our Twitter is at cmdr underscore crunch, and Instagram is at cmdr crunch. And send all pictures of cephalids and questions and feedback and you know <laughs> lovely things to uh cmdrcrunchpodcast at gmail.com and you can find me personally at past the jam sam on instagram or the twitters um last thing we want to finish on we kind of didn't do a sponsor i'll put the sponsor things up front that's fine um but this uh, podcast is of course sponsored by puremtgo.com and josh and pat's mtg bazaar uh the the auction kind of place to be in australia uh new zealand malaysia um but we have a couple of things to give away we do we do uh and i'm thinking that the secret word needs to be mouthworm 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 you heard it there so as you've probably seen on twitter maybe you didn't but um we have from josh and pat's mtg bazaar is it four packs of double masters we, to we give have away? two to give away on this show and two for command of the distancing Ah, cool. So, just two for this one. So, um, how are we going to select those? I don't even know uh, how we do So, this. what you'll need to do is you'll need to email us in a question. You'll need to quote yes. in the question the secret word, which is mouthworm. Which is mouthworm. Yeah. So, any question, just as long as you randomly put mouthworm in there. Um, I don't like how that word feels when I say it. <laughs> well, you know mouthworm. what? If wizards had never actually made a mouthworm in the first place, I'd never be <laughs> thinking of using the word. So mouthworm. this particular mouthworm can split into two other mouthworms when it dies. <laughs> so mouthworms. <laughs> exactly. You heard the man, mouthworm. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you can get your hands on some Double Masters packs. Do that, um, you know. But there is a way than... than- <laughs> What's that? We will. If you open give me them. like a, a third place, I can send. A, I'll I'll send a, some consolation cards. Oh, there you go. Want. 
Awesome. I want that one. We'll add that in. <laughs> no monetary value, of course, but they are shiny. Still has to be mouthworm. Um, mouthworm. <laughs> so why am I getting all these emails? <laughs> so what will happen is once the winners are selected, um, and we'll we'll give it till the next podcast that we have with Gavin Verhey, which is next week. Um, oh yeah, of course. What we'll do is Sam and myself will be jumping on stream and cracking open your boosters, and we will send send you the rares or better. Um, because oh, good. we actually get to see them open. That's cool. Oh, yeah. It, it equals content for us. It equals prizes for you, but plus also means that we can get around some nasty input charges. Because gotcha. um, Australia to other I countries is shit. I don't have to buy packs to open, and neither will you if you send you through a question and put the mouthworm word in the email, and we like your question a lot, and we'll read it. Exactly. So that's how you get free Double Masters packs and don't have to pay for them. Be smart. Cool, cool. All right, um, that's about it. Uh, thanks so much, um, Chesh. Thanks no so much, Megan. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Um, and until next time, may all your top decks be bloody amazing. May they be Any crunchy advice, and delicious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't eat your cards unless you're fine to do that, whatever. I mean, the, 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 the magic comprehensive rules do actually specifically say not to eat the cards. Yeah, don't eat the cards. Yeah, when they add the token. exactly. This is, no, that's actually a rule in the magic comprehensive rules. Don't eat I'm the I'm glad they have cards. to specify that. Uh, it's happened. That's, that's all I can say if that's had to be written somewhere. Oh, God. Ugh. Anyway, take care, folks. Bye. <laughs>